Welcome to Crossview Radio, a mostly or partially weekly podcast for Wayne County. I'm John Marino, pastor of Crossview Church in Orville. We exist to glorify God by exalting Christ and magnifying the gospel for the joy of all nations. Well, we are on part five in a series that we've been doing on undoing your public education. And so far, we've seen four false assumptions. The first one is that knowledge is neutral. The next one is that our problem is ignorance. Number three is life is an accident. And number four was have an open mind. This, of course, brings us to false assumption number five, which uh, stated is follow your heart. One of the dangers of the uh, public school system And really, this one, uh, I'm putting this in a series on undoing your public education, but this one really can be seen in every facet of culture today. It's not only limited to uh, public education. This is really the mantra, uh, the rallying cry of our age, that we are supposed to follow our hearts or our dreams. And it really is difficult, and I mean difficult, to find an area that has uh, ultimately not yielded authority to the mighty heart. Uh, I'm even sorry to report that many, many churches, pastors, parachurch organizations, and Christians have bought into this lie, hook, line, and sinker. Now, the language, of course, may be a little bit different. It may vary from uh, place to place. Uh, They may talk of following your dreams. For example, on Joel Osteen's website, He says the following, he says, friend, your dreams are not dead. God has not given up on you. God is in control and he's working behind the scenes, lining up things in your favor. Your time is coming. Now, if I could get uh, right down to the issue at hand, I would say that this issue of following your heart that's promoted by uh, so-called Christians like Joel Osteen and others Uh, This is ultimately an issue of authority. We may ask ourselves the question, whose voice is worth listening to? The world tells us, of course, that our heart's voice is the only one worth listening to. Those who would deny us our heart's desires are the naysayers, the pessimists, or the toxic people. Which authority is going to win is the ultimate question. Either it will be your heart or it will be God's word, the Bible. Throughout your life, there is going to be a million conflicts between your heart and the Bible. And in each of these little moments, you're going to have to make a decision. Either you will side with your heart and disobey the authority of the Bible, or you will side with scripture and disobey the authority of your heart. Those who advocate that you follow your heart are telling you to get into a certain kind of habit, and that is the habit of denying scripture. And once you get into this habit, it is very, very hard to get out of it. The man who is, for instance, addicted to pornography has been in the habit of following his heart, and his heart has led him down a path that is in direct contradiction to scripture. It's also particularly destructive in his life and his marriage. The woman who is constantly worrying and anxious, is in the habit of following her heart. And her heart has led her down a path that is in direct contradiction to Scripture as well. It is also particularly destructive in her life and in her marriage. 
the child who throws a temper tantrum in the grocery store checkout lane because she can't have a Kit Kat bar is in the habit of following her heart as well. And this too leads her down a dangerous path. This is why the book of Proverbs in Proverbs twenty two fifteen says that folly is bound up in the heart of a child, but the rod of discipline drives it far from him. Undisciplined children with foolish hearts grow up to be undisciplined adults with foolish hearts. Though by that time, the tire tracks have worn down the road so far that it's all but impossible to get the 4x4 off the road. You've developed a lifelong habit that is going to be particularly hard to break. Better to pay early on than to pay later with interest. This is why you have to break your child's will, and you have to do it early on in their lives. Even if teachers can't see the folly in the statement, follow your heart, mothers with two-year-olds can. That's all mothers of two-year-olds do all day long, is tell their kids not to follow their hearts. Wash, rinse, repeat. A lack of self-control when they're young leads to a lack of self-control when they're grown up. Philo said one time, For as I have said before, the storehouses of wickedness are in us ourselves, and those of good are with God alone. The Bible, of course, provides us with no shortage of passages warning us of the danger and the folly of following our own hearts. First, of course, in the list is the well-known and oft-repeated Jeremiah 17.9, The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. Who can understand it? But there's another, less well-known verse in Jeremiah. This one may even be clearer than Jeremiah 17.9 on the dangers of following your own heart. This is Jeremiah 3 and verse 17, where it says this, They, speaking of uh, the nations, shall no more stubbornly follow their own evil heart. Of course, we also have Jesus, who says that the heart is the source of our problems, not the solution to them. Matthew fifteen nineteen, he says, Out of the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false witness, and slander. He also says that a cure to a bad heart is not self-indulgence, but self-denial. Mark eight thirty four. And calling the crowd to him with his disciples, he said to them, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. What this means then is that teachers in the public school who teach their students to follow their hearts are not administering a cure, but a poison. We are sick, and after a generation of the follow your heart mantra, we've become sicker still. You see, in a world where follow your heart is the law of the land, you have to come to grips with the fact that a sizable percentage of the population is going to follow your advice quite literally and quite seriously. After all, some people follow their hearts to school shootings, murder, rape, oppression, and theft. The mother of the child going through the notorious terrible twos knows that the worst thing she can tell Johnny to do is to follow his heart. Likewise, the historian knows that the last thing anyone would have wanted to tell Adolf Hitler is to follow his heart. It appears, then, that the Follow Your Heart marketing team made the unpardonable blunder of neglecting to include the fine print. That is, the philosophy to follow your own heart is only applicable for those who have good hearts to begin with. If you're honest, there are certain people who you don't want to follow their own hearts. There's a whole host of people that you want to engage in self-denial. 
Chief among them are two-year-olds, people who drive slow in the fast lane, politicians debating on how to spend your money, and your husband when you ask him if this dress makes you look fat. The prison system is full of people who thought that following their own heart was a good idea and quickly learned the consequences. Apparently, their school teachers were only partially serious when they told them to follow their hearts. Now, in theory, if a person did have a perfect heart, they could follow that heart. But that perfect heart would direct them to an outside source of authority, whereby they could learn of their marching orders. But since nobody does have a perfect heart, this is, of course, an impossibility. Imperfect hearts despise authority. Perfect hearts delight in it. What the world fails to equip us with when they give us this destructive poison of follow your own heart is they fail to equip us with a pair of guardrails. The Bible gives us these guardrails so that when our hearts want to drift, we run into a guardrail on the left or the right. But the world has failed to give us any meaningful and substantial ethical system. They've given uh, the nation's nuclear codes to a four-year-old and said, follow your heart. You shouldn't be surprised when they do. School teachers and guidance counselors helping students choose a career path should never tell their students to follow their dreams for the same reason you don't give your child a credit card and access to Amazon Prime with a follow your dreams sticky note on the keyboard. You've got to put parameters on this thing. Where do we get those parameters and where do we get those guardrails? Of course, Christians know that's from scripture. You see, your heart is leading you toward magnetic north, not true north. You have to adjust the magnetic declination on your compass. Otherwise, you're walking in the wrong direction. For this, you need to have a new heart. We Christians call this the new birth or salvation. Unbelievers will always have compasses that point in the wrong direction. As Genesis 6-5 says, every intention of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. Jesus Christ gives you a new heart, one that works properly. This work of Christ does something rather remarkable. It replaces your old desires with new desires, ones that are good and holy and right and just. And through the gospel, something absolutely remarkable happens. You see, in his creation, God is in the habit of giving desires and fulfilling desires. He gives turtles and dogs and lizards and lions the desire to eat food, and then what does he do? In his goodness, he fulfills those desires. He gives us humans the desire for companionship, for sex, for good music, and then he, in his kindness, fulfills those desires. And he also, in his kindness, takes away the bad desires from us. And he gives us the best desire of all, the one to crown all the others, and that is a desire for him, a desire for worship, and a desire to love God himself. And it is in that moment, that very moment, when you are desiring God above all else, delighting in God above all else, that you are now, in that moment, qualified to get your heart's desire. Psalm 37, 4 says, Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. No, not the corrupt desires, not the fleshly desires, not the sinful desires, not the desires that are bent on serving self and satisfying self, but the desires that please God. 
when you meet this condition, and, and the condition is in part A of Psalm 37, 4, delighting in the Lord. When you meet this condition, when you delight in the Lord above all else, God will give you the desires of your heart, but they won't be your old desires. They won't be the desires of your flesh. They will be new ones. They will be God's desires. You will have God's desires and he will fulfill them. The Puritan Jeremiah Burroughs said it this way in his uh, rare jewel of Christian contentment. He says this, it is not by having his own desires satisfied, but by melting his will and desires into God's will so that he comes to have his desires satisfied. God's will is my will. When the soul can make over its will to God, it must needs then have contentment. Thanks for listening to Crossview Radio. I'm John Marino, pastor of Crossview Church in Orville. We meet Sundays at 10 a.m. To find out more about Crossview Church, visit us online at crossvieworville.com. 